Cole Berry here with my man Brett Strauss coming at you with the KC Kingdom podcast, bringing you all the news and notes around Kansas City sports. Welcome on in, everyone. We got an action-packed show for you today. We're going to talk Chiefs Vikings, uh, what we saw. We're going to go around the West, talk about our divisional rival rivals, uh, preview Chiefs Titans coming up, and then we're going to talk a little playoff seating of Chiefs. You know, can we catch the Pats and how we stand with other AFC powers? Before we get into that, though, let's go ahead and talk about some local Kansas City sports, Brett. Let's do it. Uh, let's start with the Royals. The Royals officially hire Mike Matheny as their new manager. The former Cardinals skipper has a career managerial record of 591 and 471. Matheny looks to turn around a recently proud ball club. Next in college football news, Kansas was blown out by K-State with a final score of 38-10. Kansas gets the week off before taking on Oklahoma State. Mizzou had the week off this week and will face the number six ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Mizzou has been struggling lately and will look to try to get back on track against one of the nation's best teams. Yeah, that, that Matheny hire, we all were kind of looking, and that was the one that was most obviously going to happen, barring anything unforeseen happening and getting in the way of it. As a former Cardinal fan, there's a lot of Royals fans that aren't loving it. I just like to go ahead and say, as a Cardinal fan, we were very uh, upset and frustrated with Matheny, but he wasn't a terrible manager. No. He wasn't someone that, that. I mean, he brought a championship. Yeah, and he was he was very very good for us. He he. There were some playoff trips. There were pennants, and th- we're hoping, you know, as as just baseball fans, that sometimes when a guy gets fired as a as a coach, as a manager, whatever, he kind of learns a little bit and he brings that with him to the next job. So I I think you guys should be a little bit excited about Matheny. It's not the sexiest pick, but he's got experience and he might have what it takes to turn this club around. Uh, that being said, we can go ahead and get into some NFL stuff. We can check around the West with our divisional opponents. News and notes from around the West. Yeah! Uh, first AFC West division rival we can go ahead and talk about. Let's talk a little Denver. They had Joe Flacco's been put on IR. They just get rid of Emmanuel Sanders. There's a lot of turmoil, so of course they come out and they win. Yeah, I... D- I can't believe it, really. I, I couldn't either. Uh, there was so much hype surrounding the Browns, a team they just beat. And they just – I get that they're having offensive line struggles, but this looked like a prime get-right game for them. And the Broncos just came in and kind of ran it down their throat, which was a little bit surprising. Well, it seems like a common NFL narrative that we kind of see is, who wants it more? Who's the hungrier team? You know, because it's like any given Sunday, right? Yeah, That's the yeah. magic of the NFL. Yes. And it seems like – the hungrier team, you know, who's the hungrier team here? Definitely Cleveland. And they come out and throw this goose egg of a performance. They didn't look like the hungrier team, though. Like That's the, what I'm saying. Like, they, you, you thought they paper, were. On they paper, should they be the hungry team. And they looked like they were full. I mean, yeah, Denver, they, they come out, you know, they lose Emmanuel Sanders to a trade. They've lost Bradley Chubb for the season to an injury. They have Brandon Allen starting at quarterback now. They haven't looked good with their guys in. And all of a sudden, this Browns team that needed a get-right game, like you said, they looked hungry, they looked ready to just finally stomp a team and show their offensive prowess, and they just continued to look like a bad team. Like it, it, bad. Th- bad. The time has passed. The Browns are not good. No, they're bad. They're bad. So that time passed. We and can- really, looking at the Browns' schedule, if they beat the teams they should beat, 
you know, this being one of those teams, they maybe could have snuck into the playoffs they, still. They had a chance to turn it around, but instead – I think they're done. They're done, and Denver, I mean, to their credit – they were feisty. I mean, this did not look like the team that the Chiefs beat 30-6 to with a backup quarterback, you know. Like, Phillip Lindsay was running very effectively. Cortland Sutton looks like a baller. He's so good. He is so good. He that mossed touchdown. the guy this week. Oh. Oh. Man, uh, I was doing a, just a little aside. There was a Chiefs Twitter thing this week, and it was build your starting offense from the AFC West, but you can only take two players from each team. And there's three wide receivers, so you couldn't go like Tyreek and Sammy. And, of course – I, I was looking, and I was like, Cortland Sutton, like, is really – and I put him on my list. I was – it was him and Keenan Allen, and I was like, at th- this point in the season, Cortland Sutton has played better, which is crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that kid, I mean, he's taking steps, and I think that's why they were comfortable getting rid of Sanders. He's yeah. looked really good. Yep. Future's bright offensively for Denver, I think. Uh, moving on, talk a little Chargers. There's a little theme in the AFC West this week, and that was winning because the Chargers got a win against the Packers, which – very surprising. Another, and it wasn't even like a win. It, it was, was a convincing win. It was – they looked like the Charger team that a lot of people had them coming into the season being, you know, a, a, a contender, a top team. And their season isn't dead. They're not like the Browns. They still have a, a chance at this thing. Yeah, I'm – yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon looked good. He looked like Melvin Gordon. Uh, Hunter Henry's back. Finally. Yeah, finally. finally. It took a while. Hunter Henry's back. They presumably get Derwin James back. If they can win games like this, I mean, it's going to be hard. But Yeah. I kept thinking, you know, is this really a Chargers win or is this just the Packers not playing very well? I don't really know. I don't either. I think the Chargers did play well. The Packers looked a little discombobulated. Uh, Devontae Adams came back, but he was kind of a non-factor after being yeah. being out for so long. But, I mean, hey, it's a nice win for the Chargers. It's a good one. Bigger news for the Chargers, though, was those reports coming that they were looking to move the team to London. The NFL yeah, kind of was. just came out of nowhere, it seemed like. Yeah. I mean, and, we're not in the know. Yeah, we're not, like, but. behind the scenes. But <laughs> basically, everyone was like, whoa, Chargers to London. The obvious London candidates, probably the Jaguars, just because. They always play. They always London. play. They have a fan base over there. Yeah. And then Dean Spanos came out with an expletive-laden statement that they're not blanket leaving yeah wolf of wall street reminiscing the chargers even tweeted that video clip clip out which was awesome it was, it was kudos to the chargers I, social media team yeah that was really good and so they're not if you can take what dean spanos is saying and i think you can because he owns the team doesn't sound like they'll, they'll be moving to london which is good news for the chiefs because i really don't want to play one game a year in london that would be yeah that would be tough well i was thinking about it today at the gym when i saw that news and i was like that kind of suck, you know, if you're a player on the team. Like, now we're moving to London. Yeah, that would be very weird. You're going so. from L.A., which is widely regarded as, you know, maybe one of the coolest places to live, especially if you're rich. Yes. Awesome place to live. Then you're moving to London, which I'm not saying is a bad place to live, but it's far not away. even in this country. It, yeah, it's far away from everything you know and love, and it's not L.A. It's London is, like, a great city, but it's L.A. is, as far as being a rich athlete that's the place to be you know that's why LeBron's there that's why AD got moved there it's the place to be right now so man I just I hope they don't I don't know if there will be a franchise in London hoping it's not the Chargers uh moving on to another AFC West team who also won the Oakland Raiders beat the Detroit Lions which was a quality win for them that's a good win and I have been on the Lions bandwagon all year thinking that I still think they're a good team Uh, I do too but they have not won football games, so I'm starting to be like, well, maybe they're just not. Well, all their game. games are so close. It's insane, and they have a tough schedule. 
I've been a big Matt Stafford believer for a while. Like since he dislocated his shoulder and then he comes back in and throws that game winning touchdown. That I've been a fan of his ever since then. So soft spoken guy. Just good. Just really good. Yeah. Really good's a term we might need not really good, but good's a term good. we might term we might start to need using for the Raiders. Maybe. Because they're they're looking co- more they've than had, competent. They've had quality wins. They have. But the problem is they've had really bad losses. When they lose, they lose bad. <laughs> they do. And when I'm looking at this team go, the thing I'm impressed most with is is their offense. Because they are not only just a decent offense, they're like starting to creep up into that good offensive team. Because mm-hmm. they scored 31 against the Lions. They put up points against the Bears. And I know the Bears aren't quite what they were last year, but defensively, they're still a very stout team. Josh Jacobs has looked money. He looks like the offensive he's, rookie of the year. He's looking good. He's looking really good. And that team, it's starting to get to the point where, you know, they're only two games back from us. We still have to play them, albeit at home, so that helps us. But are you starting to worry about the Raiders a little bit, or is most of your worry moving forward on seeding rather than looking back? I I still think I need to see something from the Raiders. And I like you said, it was a good win. Yeah. But I need to see it. I need to see it again. Like they'd and have to maybe, beat us probably. Maybe again. You know, like, well, yeah, or just get a couple wins in a row. Yeah. Something like that because it, it's like – they get this quality win, and then they lose really bad to somebody, and it's just like, oh, well, maybe they're not that good. If this team still had Antonio Brown, and if Jonathan Abram wasn't on IR, I would be a little more scared would, of them. Yeah. I think that I think those two right there are good enough for one or two extra wins just based off what they can do on the field. So I'm not really – I don't want to say I'm not scared. I'm not really worried about Oakland right now, especially when we have a two-game lead, and two games is a lot to make up when you're trying to catch a Kansas City-type yeah. team. And teams kind of missed their window with Patrick being out. Yeah. So it's going to be tough for people yeah. to catch up. We'll get into it later, but I think the Chiefs are about to be really good. Oh, about to be I really, mean, really, yeah. really good. I really hope yeah. so. But as far as, you know, looking around, just around the West in general, it's it's weird because last week people were talking. Like, I saw a lot of headlines of, man, the West is really down. We thought it was going to be a great division, blah, 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 blah. They've been losing. And then now this week, the entire narrative flips because everyone from the the West wins. And so yeah. it's, oh, is the West about to climb back? Is it about to be a big division? So we'll see. The season's about at the halfway point, a little over, one game over, based on buys and stuff. So we'll see how it plays out, and it should be a fun race down the stretch. All right, uh, we're going to go to the phones real quick before we get into Minnesota, Kansas City, just to see the kind of fan experience out there. I think I got someone on the line with me. Hello? 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 Uh, we're, this is a podcast, but yes, you're on with the KC Kingdom podcast. Yeah, I'm back, baby. Kansas uh, City Madman. Hello, Mr. Madman. It's, uh, ah, it's, yeah. it's good to hear from you again, sir. Uh, so, were you at the game this week? Were you able to catch Chiefs I Vikings? Was, baby. Chiefs. 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 Oh, oh man. That was, oh, he's so that stupid gold fan. Oh, they're so good. If, yeah, that, 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 did, I saw the Chiefs fan or the Chiefs chant break out from the fans. I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, what was yeah, the... That was, uh, that was my idea, actually. Uh, trademarked, uh, copyrighted up in the upper deck. That's me. You oh, you started that chant. chant. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, yes, sir. So, what was the environment like there? The, the monetary gains from that one. I don't know if there will be any monetary gains, sir, but what was the environment like there this weekend at Arrowhead? Was it... Uh, there was there a lot was of purple, so... Way too much purple, and that's just a stupid... Color to begin with. Oh, it gets me so mad. But the worst part about it was is that they're all just so nice. 
I mean, Moon wanted to fight me up in the upper deck. They're all still Minnesota nice. It's all just fake. <laughs> what? You, you know what wasn't nice, though? Was that Tyreek Hill upstaging that 91-yard touchdown run? I mean, he had no reason to go put on them jets like that and just disrespect my man Damien. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, yeah, but he he had to show a little speed on that one. You know, you you can't blame the guy. Okay, okay, uh, everyone. uh, That was the Kansas City Man Man. Thank you once again for calling, and hopefully uh, we hear from some other fans in the future. And let's just get right into what we saw: Chiefs versus Vikings. It was a very. I gotta say, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, we're back, baby. We're back. (laughs) The home win. It was insane. I loved it. It was a very good game to watch. It was an awesome game. It was a very fun game. It was a lot like the Packers game, just with a positive outcome, not yeah. a negative one. Stressful at times. Fun at times. Fun at times. It was a classic back-and-forth NFL game. It was one of those games that I really trash-talked the TV a lot, mostly at Kirk Cousins. Oh, yeah. I even did a little Mike Zimmer. Oh. I had a little <laughs> zings in there for oh. him, too. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. And it was very impressive from a Chiefs standpoint because we got – I mean, looking at the schedule when Patrick went down, it was like Packers, Vikings, Titans. We're like, man, we got to steal one of those. You know, we have to steal one of those. Now it's looking like Patrick's got a good shot to play against the Titans, and we stole one. So that's, I mean, that's just icing on top of the cake right there. Because I was, full disclosure, I had a lot of faith in Matt Moore as as what he was. I've watched him play with the Dolphins in a playoff game. He looked good. That was like... But, years ago though but like, yeah i fully expected to lose both of these games i really thought no, we would i, too, I really yeah. i mean it's just and i put on a brave face last week when i made my predictions for the final score but somewhere in my heart i'm like i could definitely see us losing this yes game. and it and it had less to do with just the patrick injury and more to do with the injury to the team in general yeah because we did get chris jones back which we'll talk about and that was huge but still no Frank Clark, still no Eric Fisher. It was Kendall Fuller. Kendall Fuller didn't play. Alex Okafor didn't play. So it was very rough. And you add that with the MVP being out, and it just looks very bleak. It looks bad. It looks bad. But we got it done. And we got it done for a couple reasons, which we can go ahead and get into. Uh, first of all, let's talk about defense, baby. Second straight week of good defense. Good defense. Well, let's see. Broncos, too. Third straight week. Third straight week of good defense. The Packer game. It was good defense for the most part, but a couple breakdowns. A couple bad, bad plays. But, and, well, this game had some breakdowns, too. It did. So, I mean, there there were some negatives. They It seemed like it was like every sixth or eighth offensive play for the Vikings, someone would get left wide open. Oh, I know. And that's like, that could be a scheme thing. It could be a, just a defense thing in general. But yeah. That's what, that was frustrating me. Like that deep ball that di- or Cousins missed on Diggs. When Breland was in coverage and yes. he had like two steps yes. on him, like it was open. That one should have. Uh, the one that got the pass interference that got called, called back. back he that was, was just a breakdown. Breakdown. Was a breakdown of, and then there's a couple more where the guy was just wide. It was, like the, it was the screen fullback pass. screen. The fullback screen. That one. No one was there. Yeah. That that one was more designed than anything. Yeah. Let's break down. They saw something that we like to do, and that was not cover the fullback because no yeah. team well, even passes on the, to him. On the one touchdown to whoever, one of the the backup BC, running back. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, he was left wide open. It was Amir Abdullah. Yeah. I about said Alexander Madison. I was like, no, it was, it was the backup backup. It was Amir Abdullah, the old, the old lion. So, yeah, yeah there, there was some breakdowns. Breakdowns. But from a whole standpoint, this defense looked much, much better. 
much better. We were facing the league's leading rusher, and we held him to under four carry. And that is just with people thinking, oh, is the run defense actually fixed? Is it an anomaly? Oh, you only played Denver. Their line's bad. Oh, you played the Packers. They throw. They don't run a lot. And then you go against the leading rusher in the league. That's the litmus test. Yeah. And it held up beautifully. Well, and another thing that I didn't really understand is I even said this during the game to my brother, whoever. Um, it, it seemed like – this is why I was zinging Mike Zimmer because it seemed like a almost – Sometimes when I get frustrated with Andy Reid is we have this strength. Let's do the opposite of it. Yes. Like the first drive, they go three straight passes, don't even hand it to their – if I was Mike Zimmer, I'd be handing it every single time <laughs> until you stop it. Yes, that's, you a, know? that's and, a good point. And, like, it seems like it's like the – like I mentioned with Andy Reid, it's like the Andy Reid overthink. They know we're going to run it, so we're going to pass it instead. Yes. Instead of just go to our strength of running. And But and- – to be fair, when they did try to run it, it didn't really work. So We have finally – I mean, what we've done is is what I was screaming for three weeks ago, and that was, okay, here's what's going to happen. You're not running it on us. Uh, Charles Davis, the announcer, mentioned this. At one point, he wanted to say that the Chiefs had 10 in the box because yeah. the, the way the Vikings were lined up, the formation was kind of bunched, so the defenders were down naturally yeah. anyway. But looking at it, there was 9 to 10 guys in the box, and we're saying right now is – Go ahead and hit on those hard probabilities of the deep shots. Yeah. Well, you're not going to run on us. And to the and credit. Especially with Kirk Cousins. Yes. Not a great deep ball. Not a great deep ball. And so what happened was they tried to take some deep shot chances that overthrow to Stephon Diggs. That was a yep. product of leaving him on an island and going, we're only going to, you're going to have shots deep, but those are hard to connect on, especially the way your offense is tailored. So good yeah. luck. And so that was just, that's how we've been playing. Yeah. And, and it's been working. It's been the linebackers have been playing more downhill. They've been Damian Wilson has been showing up, and Hitchens and has been and Ragland. You talked about with Derek Johnson. We'll bench him for a while. See it and Ragland has looked good. He's, he's looked been, good. He's been thumping. He's thumping. been thump the, the big thumper. thumper. Yeah, the I thumper love it, dude. Is thumping. You put him in, and he's just every single time, and he's hyped up about it too. Yeah. The big thing, though, is Chris Jones coming back. What a monster. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I forgot the impact. That that he he can have. It's ridiculous. Less on the stat sheet and more on the game. And you see it. He drove a lineman back into Kirk Cousins so fast. So hard. And threw him in there and sacked him with him. Chris Jones didn't get a credit for that sack, by the way. Because he never physically touched him. I, I can't remember who the end was, but I think it was Ogba or someone comes by and touches Cousins. He gets that sack. So that will never show up on the stat sheet. But Chris Jones just disrupts. Another play he disrupted, the very last play the Vikings ran, where it was the pivotal third and 17 at the tie game. Yep. Blew the play up, wraps Kirk Cousins up. Cousins gets the ball out. Doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, Jones slings him down. That's not going to show up on the stat sheet. But Chris Jones just made a play, and it just changes his entire defense. Because we have talked about it. Yeah, we've seen defensive improvement, but can they make a stop when it matters? Yep. And we th- talked about this a lot last week. And they made a stop when it mattered. When it mattered. And, that and was it was so nice. Just two. And they didn't just make a stop. They made a statement stop. Yeah. Like, it, you know, minus seven yards on second down and then. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, because without that, we don't get the field position we get. And then we. we I love the Tyree kill move, by the way. We're kind of getting off defense. But when they. they Took Hardman out, put Tyreek as punt returner. Oh, and the crowd just got amped up. And then 
this is what happens when you try to directional kick it. Sometimes you miss. You and shake it, it a little bit. Yeah, because in their head, they're like, I would rather shank this than give this to yeah. Tyree Kill to end the game. And that's just – that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. And nothing against McCole Hardman other than the he fumbles. Had a rough game. Other than the fumbles. Yeah. But as far as, like, his return skills go, he had, he's had some good well, punt returns. He's the best returner. Yeah, he's had right? some really good punt returns. But with the fumbling issue and just with the big play and name of Tyree Kill, that was a good move. Um, one more thing defensively. I'm going to talk about it every week until it just gets the attention it deserves. But Charvarius Ward continues to just ball. Be so good. It's it's not a small sample size anymore. It's not bad receivers. No. He just won on Kirk. He made, he made a play, and I'm sure you'll remember it. It was some sort of crossing route To Stephon Diggs on third and down. And he just, over the top, perfect technique, hand on the back, swats the ball down. Done. Beautiful. And, and just gets up and looks, and he's like, yeah, that's me. You're yeah. Stephon Diggs. You're the best receiver on this team. You're not getting that ball. Yeah. And Stephon Diggs was one catch, four yards. Charverius Ward allowed three catches for 20 yards all game. He just week in and week out against good receivers now. Just I can't believe what we got him for. Oh, uh, Parker Anger, a backup lineman we were going to cut. And just like a man, we got Emmanuel Ogba for a safety we're going to cut. These are the kind of trade moves that I've been loving from Brett Veach. So, uh, little, this is why we didn't make moves. That's exactly. Good, to reiterate that point from last week. Last week, yeah. We, Veach makes his moves very calculated, and he doesn't make you know, splash moves just to make them. He has and he a trusts the coaching staff to yes. get the best out of these guys. Like, I would have loved to got a big corner, but you know, we, didn't get, we didn't get the Ramsey. We didn't get the Minka. So at that point, you just back off because you identified the two you wanted. It didn't work yeah. out. You don't just panic. Throw away. The next five years to try to get a guy that that's less than that. So yeah. that's really good. Uh, one other thing about the defense I'd like to pull up is just the continued uh, evolvement of Tano Passanio, the way he's evolving as a player. Yep. Uh, Tano Passanio had never reached five pressures in a game before week eight, and he has accomplished that in the last two games. Each of the last two games, he in weeks eight and nine, the last two weeks, he's had ten pressures, which is seventh in the NFL, four sacks and hits. Uh, he's one of 20 players to do that, and he has a 9.8 pass rush, which is third in the AFC rush with 50 pass rush snaps. So Tano's turning it on even. I am rooting. I've been rooting for Tano since the beginning because he's such like an athletically gifted person. And I just like his ceiling, you know, seems to be extremely high. He just looks like a monster out huge. there. Huge. He's huge. When you look that imposing – against other NFL players, that's when you know you're a big man. Because yeah. he just looks fluid, too. Big, strong, yeah, yeah. long, fast. So his development's another just nice little wrinkle we've had. Um, as far as the run stopping goes, got to give a shout-out to Colin Saunders and Derek Nottie. They've been oh, yeah. playing really well. They've been eating blocks, getting off of them, letting the linebackers stay clean. So as far as defense goes, that's probably our last little bit. It's been much more fun to watch yes. when the defense can stop somebody. Yes, and it's also been fun to watch the offense with a backup quarterback still hit big plays. Yeah. That has been something that I've been super impressed with because when you get a backup come in, you really think that, oh, you got to have to tone the game plan down a little bit. Mahomes, system QB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but no, uh, Matt Moore is basically doing – he's doing the things Mahomes does within the offense just on a much scaled back way. So yeah. he's still taking the deep ball chances. He's still trying to push the ball downfield. He's just not as talented as Mahomes, so it doesn't come as often. Yeah. And it's not as lightning fast as it could be. But he's still running the offense in a way 
that the Chiefs personnel has been running it before, so they didn't have to change. It's interesting because, you know, Matt Moore has played good, but, you know, we're we're used to unreal quarterback play. Yes. And so it's, like, frustrating sometimes to watch Matt Moore because it's like, I wish 15 was out there because he would have made a play, the, you know. The only time it gets frustrating was when the sacks Moore takes – are he, bad. He sacks. he doesn't have the escape ability that Mahomes he has. He loses like twenty yards every yes. sack he takes. He can't do the the sidearm even throw out a bounce yeah. to save the sack, yeah. which is smart because we've seen when he tries to do that he fumbles. He fumbled twice he last fumbles. game. So, so like those those are smart sacks. I'm glad he doesn't try to play with you know outside of himself. But as far as just baseline quarterback play, not eliminating the Mahomes factor of amazing quarterback play. Matt Moore's played well. I mean, he's probably played better than Joe Flacco this season. I mean, Skip Bayless, you know, made the implication that he might be better than Mahomes. He he started with, now I'm not saying Moore is better than Mahomes, and then went on to basically (laughs) say that the Chiefs play better with Matt Moore. That's just just like saying no offense. Yeah. No offense, but you you could say anything offensive after that because for whatever reason. You said no offense, so you you can say what you want. Uh, I read that. And I'm like, and you know, he's the hot take talking head machine. He's got to say I'm just stuff like, like that. I feel like Shannon, just like skip, 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 boy, boy, boy. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> Shannon says to him all the time. Yeah, I 100 percent agree that <laughs> anything skip. Come Bayless on, says, skip. Come on, skip. That's my homeboy. Is what he would say. <laughs> That's my homeboy. But I mean, the Chiefs have played hard, and there. I hate to say it, there might be a shred of truth in what he said as far as the team playing harder. Well, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. They don't have the security blanket, so yes. it's like, we got to play. So the way Bayless worded it was, he they play harder for Matt Moore. Uh, the way it probably actually is is they've been playing harder because they have Matt Moore. Yeah. So it's not like Matt Moore has rallied them. He's not a better leader than Mahomes. He has, isn't the reason they're playing harder. They know we don't have a chance if they don't yeah, play Yeah, we have to step up, and that's an, I mean, that's an ultimate motivator. We saw with the Eagles when they won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Guys just elevated their play, and then Foles made plays when he had to. And in the Super Bowl, he made all the plays. All but the plays. in the run itself, there were some games where Nick Foles had some limitations, and the guys were like, don't worry, Nick. You know, we're talented. We got you. Yeah. And so the overall talent of the team took over. Uh, talk about the overall talent of the offense. Tyreek, we can talk about Tyreek all day long. We know about Tyreek. But Sammy, Sammy was making some catches out there this week. Yeah. That one Unreal. hand, that one hand and snag, those contested and traffic catches. Even the one right before that ninety-one yarder, where he kind of jumped, it was like he just jumped sideways and just kind of yeah, snagged to it. give us some breathing room. Yeah. And then Damien, of course, yeah. does you know what Damien does on that play. But I, I was super impressed with Sammy. Travis is just ultra consistent. It's like, and if anytime it's, you need yeah. six yards, just look at Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it a couple weeks ago where he has that route that you just cannot cover. Yes. He's uh, such a big body, and he's great. He's like, he's like the Antonio Gates used to play basketball, yeah. so he knows how to box somebody box out. Box him out. Well, he boxes people out and makes that. The broadcasters made the comment of that. Uh, there was a play where it was Matt Moore finds Travis, and he kind of throws back across his body a little bit. Nothing like Mahomes does, but just a little bit where you're like, oh, Maddie, don't be doing that. And the safety just reads it perfectly and breaks on it. But Travis is just so big and well-positioned, that safety could not get around his body. And if yeah. he did, it was going to be pass interference. Yep. So the safety had to slow his his timing down on the hit, even though he jumped it perfectly because Travis just had such good position, yep. catches it. And you know. he's, got, he's got such soft hands that he, yes. he, 
He extends them, catches it away from his body, and then has the strong hands to be able to, like, this is not yours. Yes. Just shield them off. That DeAndre Hopkins-type hand? Yeah. Where when his paws are on it, that's his ball. Yeah, it's you know? his ball. And he catches it so far away from his body that yes. that defender has zero chance of getting yes. to it. Uh, there was one play where Matt missed Travis in the end zone a little bit. Yes. That was – you could tell Kelsey was starting to get a little annoyed. Yeah. He's like, ah, if I had Pat, you know, yeah. my numbers would be really good today. Pat would have just no-looked and no. thrown it 10 <laughs> feet over his head. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just I, – I can't wait to get 15 back. But Matt Moore has played well. The biggest – like, the biggest impression Moore's left on me and the thing I'm impressed most with is his ability to stand in the pocket and take a freaking hit. Yeah. To deliver a football for being an old man, he will take a shot to get a ball out. If yeah. he's like, I, he's looking, he's like, I need another second to get this receiver wide open. I'm, I'm gonna take that second. I'm not gonna get happy feet, and I'm gonna take this shot to my ribs, and and we're gonna and complete this ball. He's made good decisions. Yes, good decisions. Good decisions. He hasn't made that bad decision. That's really it. Yes, he hasn't made that bad decision. We've yet. seen like three weeks. I think I'll give us three games of Matt Moore because he came in early against yeah. Denver. Really only two weeks of preparing Matt Moore. And he has looked better than Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky, Joe Flacco. Yeah. And you can say it's Andy Reid's system or whatever, but this is how you extend your career in the NFL is you have to be baseline as good as Matt Moore. Yeah. Which at this point, I'm not convinced those quarterbacks I just named are. That's why he's been in the league so long because does he have a ceiling? Yes. But his floor is also high enough that you're going to win ball games with Matt yeah. Moore. Can uh, we talk about Tyreek? Oh, yeah. We're, yeah, yeah. He deserves the credit because, man, he's so good. He is so good. And he, it, you know, everyone knows about the blazing speed. He's a good route runner, surprisingly. Yes. You know, a lot of these guys that c- come from, like, the returner to Ty, uh, um, Brandon, Hall. Oh, Dante Hall. Dante Hall. Doesn't never, transit. Never, Devin Hester. Never tra- yeah, yeah, never quite. They were decent, but they never could run the routes. They never had the route tree to be able to really – expand on the wide receiver role. Yes. He's a great route runner, but he might be the best at going up and getting a ball. No and one, he's so small. No one thinks he can do it because of his stature, but he locates the ball, he high points the ball. And, better than and anybody. Snags the ball better than oh, most receivers in the league. That one he caught, the first deep ball that he took away from. Yeah, he didn't score on, but he like reached his hands out and he put his hands right basically on the chest yeah. of the and defender. Just, and the defender was in a much better position, really, than Tyreek was. As far was, as Tyreek's concerned, like, that defender wasn't there. His eye was on the yeah. ball, and he's like, that's all that matters. He's like, that's me. I'm high-pointing that, and I'm grabbing it. That's mine. That's my ball. Gimme. And he took it. And then that diving catch for the touchdown, Oof. and then to extend – to get the to get the touchdown after Filthy. the dive, it was amazing. Filthy. The game he set up the game winning field goal with that that catch because it not only did he just catch it, but he's like, all right, I need a few more. So he puts the head down. He's a strong guy for and his like, size. It almost looked like the defense was like, oh, he's just gonna get down. He got the first, and he's just kind of head down, <laughs> just kind of sh- scuttling through them all. Yes. And next thing you know, he got what like fifteen on that play. Exactly, and it was just enough to set up Harrison Butker's game winner. And let's talk about Bucker a little bit. Stud. Stud. I'm, I mean, it is I, – I feel like it's going to be one of those things we look back on and you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yes. The consistent kicker. I hope we have Butker for a long time. In today's time. NFL, I mean teams like the Bears, the Chargers, even the Patriots now yes. cannot get a kicker that makes extra points. And we got lucky because we poached this guy off of – Panthers practice squad. The Panthers squad. practice squad – they were really trying to stash him. They thought they they thought they did it because they got him past the training camp. And it was week one, 
and then Cairo Santos gets hurt. So instead of going to that veteran help, we're and like even Cairo has been struggling. Yes. So looking back, it's like is a great move. But that not the game winner, but that fifty-four yard kick he made. The kick percentage, the probability for next gen stats, it was the lowest probability he's faced in his career. It was only a forty-eight percent make probability because of the distance, the wind, the the atmosphere, everything, and he just nailed it. He drilled. What that I thing. love too is he was jacked up. Oh, he was jacked so pumped. up. So was Mahomes on the celebration. Yeah, on the game well, winner. E- even like even that that <laughs> there was one the first one that was forty yes. thirty or whatever. He was jacked up, and I'm like, oh, you usually don't see that out <laughs> yeah, of him. Yeah, you he know? loved it. But he must have known. I mean, it was windy. He got that. Uh, he got the call from Deion Sanders. You ball, you get the call on NFL Network. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. I saw the little segment. Deion was like, got to give some kicker some love, you know? And, and Bucker's such a humble guy. He was just yeah. smiling the whole time, you know? He was in awe that he was talking to Deion Sanders, yeah. you know, as a kicker. But I just – I love to see it. He'll be special teams player of the week for yeah. sure. Is, is when he guess. hit that 54-yarder – then we lined up for the game winner. I'm like, easy. It's in. Easy money. And I seen him I seen him make easy that kick money. live against the Redskins a couple years ago for the I win. Was there. Uh I the was AFC there. championship game. Yes. That's the highest pressure you can get to send us to overtime and he just scoop drilled yep. it. Like it oh, was yeah. it was easy. So gotta give a little love to buttkicker.com there. Uh other guys that stood out to you. I mean, the line held up even though we've had Damian some injuries. Wilson. Williams. Damian Williams, Williams looks like he's got his job back, I think, as the starter moving forward. I think so, too. I he's mean, just been the better guy. Yeah. And and I like Shady, but. I like Shady, too. The thing about Damian is he looked, this game, the way he ran, looked like the Damian from the end of last year. The one that was running yes. angry. And I think, like we said, he didn't have a job. Like, he got his job taken. Yes. By Shady. And then Shady fumbled it away, I think. And we're, st- we're still going to use LaShawn McCoy. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be well, a I like a one-two punch yes. of Williams-McCoy instead of McCoy-Williams. Daryl. Daryl. Darwin. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think Damien's probably going to establish himself a little more. but He just ran. He ran with a purpose. He ran well. Yes. I mean, he was getting the yards. Tough, not tough, you know. On the 91-yarder, the way he broke down that safety was oh, disgusting. Uh, Seth Kaiser tweeted out, said, uh, "Make putting a man in position to pray because Oof. he literally got to both His knees. His ankles and got snatched. Snatched. And then, uh, real quick, this is the last thing we'll talk about because we're on this play anyway. Tyreek Hill <laughs> stealing the spotlight. On a, yeah, on a 91-yard oh, run. Oh, my goodness. Which is a spotlight. 22.6 Franchise miles record. per hour. That guy can fly. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It he was, just he, he just turns it on. Yeah, there after after the game in an interview, Tyreek was like, I'm five yards away from taking that ball and scoring it myself. He had five more yards love, than what he told I love him. they had that one replay from the front and you see Tyreek reaches his arm around and Daryl like or Damien looks around like, oh, and he covers it up real quick. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't realize. Someone someone was talking to me about it. They're like, oh, in classic Chiefs fashion, that probably would have been like Tyreek accidentally makes Damian fumble it out the back of the end zone yeah, for a touchback for, or something, yeah. or trips him up at the one and he can't get in in time or something crazy like that. But uh, as far as Minnesota Chiefs go, hey, got the win. Um, oh, non-game related, let's talk about the fan situation for a second. There was a lot of purple there. A lot of purple. And they travel well, I guess. They, I didn't realize that. They do travel well, and I the, some of the – the Chiefs players like Sharv was calling out kind of the fans like, hey, we can't let that happen. I'm going to make a little bit of an excuse for the fans, though, because 
one, a lot of people who bought those tickets bought them to see Mahomes. And I know you're supposed to support your team whenever, but the ticket prices this year are insanely high. And so when you pay that premium and you're not getting the product you want, especially after three straight home losses, like it's okay for them to sell their ticket. And so they go on and they, they sell their tickets on these resale sites. They don't know they're selling them to Vikings fans. You know, in their head, they're just giving them to, you know, at a better price to another Chiefs fan. And the Vikings kind of just took advantage of that. And and yeah, kind of it's kind of crummy, but I can I can understand it. I've looked at a couple games this year that I wanted to go to. And ticket prices are insane because of the Mahomes factor. Like they're as high as they insane. So to want to cash in on that because you were you bought your tickets at a premium to see this guy. Like I totally understand. Like okay, Mahomes isn't in. I'd rather just sell these and try to go in two weeks. Like get some money back and then yeah. go go see my right. boy. So it's okay. I don't think this will be a problem well, moving forward. I, I say props to Minnesota. Yeah, they travel. It was fun. I mean, yeah. they made it fun. It was. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't a true fifty fifty split, but there was probably thirty five percent Viking fans there. Yeah, and that makes the kind of environment a little more hostile. Hostile, and it's a little fun. So, so that that that's what I'll say about that. Um, going forward, we got a little trailer preview for you for Chiefs Titans that we'll get into, and then uh, we'll break down this game real quick. Some stories, some teams stay in your heart forever. The Titans are not that team. Hope is a diamond locked under the ocean. Hypothermia is setting in fast, and Tennessee is a titanic failure. Starring this Sunday, Patrick Mahomes as Leonardo DiCaprio, Ryan Tannehill as Kate Winslet, and Chris Jones as a giant f***ing iceberg. KC will win near, far, Wherever they are, and I know that my defense will go on. Watch as the Kansas City Chiefs take on the Titanic failures this Sunday. Paint me like one of your Nashville girls. All right, so looking ahead to Chiefs-Titans this week. This is a game that's, I mean, there's a little bit of history between these teams. Uh, History we don't want to really talk about, but we're going to have to talk about it. Um, we'll just go ahead and get right into it. Um, as far as this game goes, what are you looking for the Chiefs to do? Like, like, what do you? What's your feeling? Your vibe? Your overall thoughts? Um, I want to see a continued dominance on defense. Okay. Um, and I want to see a, I want to see dominance on offense as well, just, uh, especially if we get Patrick Mahomes back. You want a dominant performance? I then. just want a dominant game because I think the pieces are starting to come together for the Chiefs. I think we've been seeing it. It was a little rough. I think our low point was definitely the Colts game. Colts Texans back to back. That was little, yeah. I think I think the Colt. Well, the Texans was not a good game either. But we had some things we needed to figure out. I think we're figuring them out. Our defense, like we talked about earlier, has been good. I think we're playing a bad team. Yes, in the, in the Titans. I'm going to play little devil's advocate a little bit because I don't disagree with anything you just said. But the things I'm worried about is a. Getting too many pieces back at once can discombobulate sometimes. Yeah. I know chemistry is kind of overblown in sports, but it also is a very real thing. Just right. as far as, you know, these guys haven't played in a while. Some of them, you know, weeks. Yeah. It didn't bother Chris Jones, but when you get a mass exodus and then a mass, like, coming in of players, it can 
definitely throw off what you're trying yeah. to do. So that's a worry. And another worry in this game in particular is the Titans are very well coached, in my opinion. Well, because they've stayed in games yes. where they don't really have the talent. I mean, their quarterback play has been Bad. garbage. With Tan- Tannehill's actually look better than Mariota, so I'll give him that. <sighs> Which is saying something, okay? Because it's Ryan Tannehill. To Tannehill's credit, he hasn't ever looked terrible, though. Like in, in my opinion, as far as a sustained season. How awesome would it be though if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play? And which I'm not saying that would be awesome, but it'd be like more Tannehill, <laughs> the Matt like Moore, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill the X, revenge game. X Dolphins, two Dolphin quarterbacks playing better than the Dolphins right now. But Tannehill, I mean, he had his biggest issue was injury, and then he has had some flashes of good play. And his terrible play has never been like Trubisky level. Yeah. So he can get the job done to a degree. Yeah. You know. So that it worries me with Vrabel coaching because a well-coached team at home has a chance to play spoilers yeah. against better teams. Yeah, I agree. And and not even that playoff loss. Remember uh, three, four years ago when we lost at Arrowhead yes. to the Titans. It was Tyree Kill's rookie year. Um, he took that handoff like seventy yards. Yeah. He played running yeah. back that and play, we, and we. I thought we were playing a good game, and then next thing I know, we lost. Yeah, we went up fourteen to nothing. Yeah, and then it was like we lost seventeen to fourteen and then or something we, like that. The iced, we iced ourselves. Ryan suck up the revenge game. He, yeah, he got us on the kick to, yeah. to win the game. So we have some that history with them. The the playoff game, no one wants to talk about. That was rough. The forward progress game the, is most Chiefs. The fans forward progress game, or as most Titans fans know it as the Derek or not Derek. Uh, I was thinking the four parkers, Derek Johnson, the Marcus Mariota catching his own pass game. Yeah, that it was. I was there. I didn't know if you were there, but I was not there. I was there. I'm glad I wasn't there. The reason we went was one because it was a Chiefs home playoff game, and two because our friend uh, was is a Titans fan. So this was the first time he's going to get to see the Titans, and he's like, "Let's go to a Titans playoff game." So we went with him, and we were winning by it was like what 21 to three at halftime after Marcus Robinson touchdown. And something bad happened to us in the second half. I can't remember the play specifically. And I looked over, at, and my friend's name is Ben. I looked over at him, and I was like, here we go. He's like, dude, no, you guys got it. You're up by a ton. Like, I was no. like, Ben, you, you, you don't, you don't know. know. You don't, you don't know. know. Trust me. And then Mariota catches his own pass. The whistle gets blown. Just a bunch of stuff starts happening. That forward progress is maybe the worst call I've ever seen. Ever. 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 In my life. And and. I mean, the pass interference against the Saints was bad. That one was magnified just because it was on, you know, to send a team to the Super Bowl, and it was a very bad call. But watching that play live, like as an official, it was within milliseconds of each other. So I can see how initially he got it wrong. But to call that play forward progress on a a quarterback standing still in the pocket – yeah, that is just I've never understood that. So I'm a little st- salty still. But the point is, the Titans can beat the Chiefs. We we have had some problems with them for whatever reason. It's one of those weird teams that you just can't ever seem yeah. to, to beat. So hopefully um, let's go ahead and play the is he coming back or is he not? Do you think Patrick plays this game? <sighs> if we lost last week, I say 100 percent. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I want to say. He's going to play like so what I saw, I think it was Jay Glazer tweeted it, that the reason he didn't play last game is because within 21 days, 21 days, 
they have a 40% chance of re-injury or 45 or somewhere yes, in the 40s. of re-dislocation. Of, yeah. After 21 days, it drops to 15. 10 to 15. Yeah. So now we're past that. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's the thing is, it's not up to Patrick. I think if it was up to Patrick, he would have played against Green Bay. Bay. Okay. That's my, that's where I'm kind of at with it right now is Patrick said against the Packers, if it was a playoff game, he's playing. And a lot of people are like, yeah, right. But in my head, I was like, he's 100% right. Because in the playoffs, it's do or die. And yeah, you're risking re-dislocation, but you're in the playoffs. Your season's over anyway if you lose. So yeah. in a playoff game, I 100% believe Mahomes plays. You know, hobble. Brett Favre used to play on, like, broken ankles all the I time. Mean, so Philip Rivers played against the Patriots with a torn, torn ACL. ACL. So I think if it is a playoff game, Mahomes is not off base to say he is playing. Yeah. Um, and so then, But he didn't play against the Packers. Minnesota, I, I honestly had this feeling he was going to play. And – what it seemed, well, we set the podcast up to yeah, certainly think so. We really thought he was coming back. And the way it seems the team set it up, I don't think the Chiefs ever had any intention of letting him play this week. But I think they were trying to handle his attitude. He's not attitude because Mahomes doesn't have an attitude problem. But his hopes and his expectations, I think they didn't want to close the door on him on like Thursday, you know. Because he really wanted to play. Yeah. So, they're like, we'll test you out pregame. Yeah. We'll see how you feel. They were never going to play him. Yeah. And, I, I agree and, with and, that. and Mahomes was, was really pushing for it. So, that was kind of probably just the peacekeeping thing. Ian Rappaport did report two weeks ago that it's very realistic that he plays against the Titans. And I think Schefter kind of echoed that sentiment. So, when you have those two kind of saying that it's a possibility, this is where we really get into Mahomes' watch. Yeah. I think he plays. I think he plays, too. And I think he plays, one, because he's three games removed from the injury, but he's four weeks removed mm-hmm. so because of the extra little we yep. played on Thursday night. So he, medically, this is a really good timetable for what we saw because there's no yeah. ligament damage. Yep. So uh, it's actually, he's going to have more recovery time from this injury than Matt Stafford had with his same injury. Yep. And Stafford only missed three weeks. Yep. So I, that's, that's a precedent that's been set. Um, another way to look at it is that, you know, the Patriots lost, so we're still in play for the first bye. So t- we're kind of looking at that. And we really want to probably get him in there before the bye week, which sounds weird, yeah. but you don't want him to be super rusty. You want him ready to go. And we yeah. play the Chargers next week. So if he's healthy, you, you want him to have a game before you go play yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. And, I mean, looking at the AFC – who are the strong teams? You have the Patriots, yes. obviously, who I've been saying, uh, <laughs> not, I haven't said much on this podcast, but I've been saying to other people, I they need to be tested for me to, you know, like, their offense stinks, really, and this it isn't really a Patriots does. podcast, and we don't really need to get into it until Patriots week, uh, which we, is coming. But we can. We can get into some we can get into right just now. A, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Their offense stinks, and I don't think their defense is as good as everyone said they are, because they – here's the thing that Belichick does better than anybody is he game plans better than anybody. And you know what's easy to do is to game – well, not easy, but easy for Belichick. Game plan against bad quarterbacks. Yes. He can confuse bad quarterbacks, and he makes Sam Darnold see ghosts. Yes, he does. That's what he does. But then you get somebody like Lamar who's confident in his abilities – and they come out there and they whoop the whoop Patriots. Them. All right, so I got let's talk we'll talk about Patriots right now uh in scheduling. So the Chiefs schedule has been super tough so far. Collectively their opponents have been uh just excluding the games against Kansas City have been 41 and 26 have been their opponents. 
41 and 26 of the teams the Chiefs have played. That's insane. That's insane. 41 and 26. That's the record. Yeah. We were looking at the Patriots, the only team they played with a winning record before the Ravens was Buffalo. And I don't believe in Buffalo. I don't even really believe in Buffalo. So the New England has uh, five teams coming up with winning records now. They have Philly, Dallas, Houston, KC, and Buffalo again. So they're about to hit the meat of their schedule, and then they get Miami and Cincinnati, which are you know those are wins. Yeah. But they have five games against teams with winning records. Well, to this point in the season, they've only seen two. Yeah. So that's huge for them coming up. And the Chiefs, meanwhile, have already seen the mean of the schedule. They play teams hovering 500 in Tennessee, the Chargers, and Oakland. And then borderline uh, basement dwellers, as Seth Kaiser tweeted, uh, tweeted out, Chicago and Denver. Yeah. So our next five, Tennessee, Chargers, Oakland, Chicago, Denver, Patriots, next five, Philly, Dallas, Houston, KC, Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. We have a real chance to make up some ground on the I don't want to see here. Dallas right now. No. I don't want to see Houston right now. Philly's getting healthier. They looked good against the Bears. They, I mean, the Bears. And But that's but, just, to our point, Philly's on a different level. Of, Philly's one of those teams that can beat anybody, but they can also lose by 30 to anybody. Exactly. <laughs> but also, they're not Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. Carson yeah. Wentz is a real problem the Patriots will have well, to deal not, with. I mean, so. everyone, everyone was kind of whispering the concerns of the Patriots. Offense isn't that good. Yeah, and that's The what, defense has been playing really bad teams. But now we, now saw, we it. saw it. We saw and it. And now we're like, okay. And so we look at it. That's why the Patriots signed Antonio Brown. That's why the Patriots That's traded for Muhammad from Sanu. Sanu. So yeah. they, they they internally know this. They do get Isaiah Wynn back, I believe, at left tackle. So that should help stabilize them a little bit. But their line has looked terrible. Brady is looking a little older. So we, as the Chiefs, need to win these next few games to really because we still got a shot at this this AFC seed. Yeah, we're two games behind the Pats right now. Two games, and we play them. So if we win that game, that's automatically just one game behind. I mean. Them. Do you do you see them going five and zero in the next five weeks? The the Pats, yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I think if they're going to win, they'll probably beat Philly and Houston. Dallas is going to be really tough for them because they have the pass rushers and the linebackers to really make that offense for yeah. the Patriots look like a nightmare. Oh, yeah. They have a mobile quarterback, like we just saw Lamar tear him up. They have a mobile quarterback, and as much as you know, you can talk about Dak being a lead or not, he's a mobile quarterback that can throw better than Lamar can at yeah. this point. He's not yeah. as, as, as electric of a runner, but he can get the job but done. But Ezekiel Elliott is an electric, electric runner. runner. So, so the, the, the Cowboys are going to be a tough matchup for them. Houston, I think they lose credit, to the Bills. This yes, time. that's a, another great point. I mean, he, the Bills had Josh Allen get knocked out of that game when they were playing. And, and, they, and the Patriots, they scored what, one offense? Or did they even score an offensive touchdown? It was touchdown? 10 to 16. So, I mean, I have to go back and look. But all I know is they only scored they, 16 points. So I don't know if they scored an offensive touchdown in that game. And now the Patriots are having kicking troubles. And it's starting to get colder. And it's starting to get windier yeah. in the places they play. So, we're really going to see with the Patriots. And, of course, we're talking about this. They'll probably rip off oh, yeah. for the next five. And then just win the Super Bowl. And just win the Super Bowl again. Look back but like, if they don't, this is the point I see them starting to fall apart a little bit. Next, Ravens. Yeah, which we have the head to head to. Which we beat. So they're above us in the standings right now because they're six and two and we're six and three because we haven't had our bye yet. Yeah. But I mean, so we're technically a half game back on them. And I I still don't know about the Ravens. I'm One not, week they look amazing. The, the next week they lose the Browns. The Browns, you know. They got destroyed. And then by when the they Browns. played against us, it wasn't pretty. You know, no. I mean, it, uh, save for a couple of those miracle throws, think, that game wasn't close. I think they're a matchup team. They are. They are very matchup based and Where, a home team. Yeah. They are a home team. If they have a matchup, they'll 
destroy you, but if they you don't match up well against them, you might beat them by a million. The one team I was concerned about was the Texans, just because their schedule's not super hard. But then they lose J.J. Watt, you know. That's so a big loss. That's a big loss for them, especially after— It sucks for J.J. Watt. He, he's one of those guys that—and this could be completely wrong, but it seems like when he gets injured, he's out for the year. Always. Regardless. Always out for the year. Always. Out for the year. And it sucks because he's one of the best players to watch. So Yeah. But as far as Houston goes, I was scared of, of them because they had the head-to-head on us. Like, as far as the Ravens go, we beat them. Yeah. So they we have the head-to-head on them. Whoever comes out of the South, Colts or Texans, beat us. So we're going to have to be a game above them to, to snag a seat above them. Which is, I'm not scared of the AFC South. I'm not either. So hopefully they can, you know, they can hover that 10 and 6, 11 and 5. We can get to I mean, 12 and 4. I mean, the Steelers just beat the Colts. They did just beat the Colts. I mean, to be honest, Brissett was out. But the Steelers, the Steelers' bin was out. So it was even playing field. Yeah. You know, they were playing with Mason Rudolph. Yeah. And yeah, we'll see how the seating shakes out. Uh, as far as the Tennessee game goes itself. The key matchup is going to be, once again, can we stop Derrick Henry? And that is a matchup that also scares me because as far as Dalvin Cook is an electric runner, Derrick Henry is a hard runner. And we, well, at least earlier in the year, we struggled. Against Mark Ingram. Against Mark Ingram, who is, carry that's on, what he does. Carry He'll on Johnson. Right in the you know, so those are the, that's the kind of runner. Marlon that, Mack. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Marlon Mack's not super, is as good of a – he's not as hard as Derrick Henry, but his play style is a little bit of a, of a tough runner. He was – Carlos Hyde tore us up. He and ran he, hard. That's what he does. Yeah, he and so – Which, to his credit, Carlos Hyde just had 160 yards against the Jags. <laughs> he's looking good, man. Yeah. I, good for him, you know. I'm yeah. Not, good for him. I have nothing against him. Nothing well, against him, you know. And he didn't ever – he didn't ever do the anything. The chirping in the game kind of. Yeah, but if. But you, I get it. If you got traded and I then you tear it. a team up, you'd probably chirp too. Yeah, you know, I so. get it. But Derrick Henry scares me a little bit. I'm not scared of their passing attack. Their defense is good. It's well coached. It's disciplined. But it doesn't have, like, outside of Kevin Bayard and Jarrell Casey, it doesn't have, like, studs that super scare me based yeah. off matchup that yep. we can't handle. Um I really, I really think this, if Mahomes plays, I'm super confident about this game. If Mahomes doesn't play, I still think that she's find a way to win, if that makes sense. Yep. This is just a game where talent is just probably going to take over. Yeah, and I mean, this last week gave me a lot of confidence. Yes. Because we, we played different. It just was different. We played hard. We played the all three phases of the game. I mean, they just looked like yes. they wanted to win, and that's one thing that is so frustrating as a fan when they come out looking like, we don't really want to win this yeah. game. And it's like, come on, guys. Like I know that's not the case. But it's I ha- just kind of the eye test. You can just tell. Like, that was the eye test playing the Colts and the end of we the Texans game. We just didn't want to win. Against the Packers, I had some cautious uh, optimism. You know, I was, I was like, okay, we played well. There's no moral victories, though. Yeah. You know, we still lost, but they did play hard. They looked good. And so against the Vikings, I, I thought I was going to see much of the same. But we played hard and then won. So now my, my optimism level is rising. My confidence is rising. The confidence kind of ebbs and flows with the team. Oh, yeah. And right now, and so right now I really think that we're playing better against the Titans. Uh, we can go ahead and get into score predictions and then, like, game predictions as far as who's going to play well. Last week, I won. Yes, we have this. Anyone who hasn't listened, we have this long-running bet. We're going to bet scores on every week. And then the, the one that's up at the end of the year who has the most points is going to get their playoff ticket bought from from the other. And now I think Brett has a two-point lead on me now. Yep, 3-1. Okay, which I might, uh, you know, 
appeal at the end of the year if you do end up winning by one. Yeah, that's fine. Because last year, last week we, we could take it to an appeal. because yeah. you kind of you kind of waved the right white flag. Yeah, on that last week bit, I waved but. the right flag, but I didn't expect to to lose this week. So now I'm down two. I might have to stir up a little controversy. As far as uh, score goes this week, I have Chiefs winning thirty-one to seventeen, assuming Mahomes plays, assuming Fisher comes back. Okay, what do you got? I have 38-20, Chiefs Ooh, win. Ooh, you got the big win. Also assuming that Mahomes comes back. Yes. I don't know what we're going to do if Mahomes doesn't come back because I don't think Matt Moore can hang 38 on yeah. anybody. So I have 31-17 for the Chiefs. If Patrick doesn't play, just take a touchdown off. Okay. That's how that's I play. That's fair. That's how I do. Patrick's that's worth fair. a touchdown. Let's to do right 10. Now. 10? 10. That's the Vegas thing. Oh, that is what Vegas is. Okay, yeah. so yeah, if Patrick doesn't play, take 10 off. That, that'll be our score. we still have – Two wins. So yours would be what twenty eight twenty, and mine would be twenty one to seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. which is yeah, yeah that with Matt Moore, right. that's, that's yeah, what I'm that looking sounds for. Right. So, yeah, we'll do that. Um, from a, a big game standpoint, uh, Tyreek is probably going to tear the Titans up. Probably, I'm looking for a Sammy game. Sammy, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry for like, a Sammy. Game. Not a Sammy catching the one handers last week, but Sammy versus the Jags. Yeah, that I'm kind of see Sammy game. A couple touchdowns. When has he scored? He hasn't scored in. He hasn't scored in forever. I don't think he scored since the Jags game. I really don't. I think he had three touchdowns that game, and that was it. He had that one drop against, uh, I believe, Detroit where they swatted it out of his hands. Yeah. He's had a couple, like, close, but never. I don't think he scored yet. So. I'm, I'm, I want to see. I always root for Sammy. I do, too. He's such a good guy. He seems like, yeah. He's such a a, a team player. And he, I think if Mahomes come back, he has a big game. Yeah. I really want to see what Sammy looks like with Patrick. I want to see. This offense has only played. The starting offense has only played a quarter of football together. Wow. So, as far wow. as the future going forward, the only quarter they played together was against the Jags when Tyreek was in. Yeah. After Tyreek went out, Tyreek comes back, Sammy gets hurt, and then Fisher's been hurt a few weeks. Yeah. Laurent DuVernay Tardif goes down as soon as we get Wiley back. So, yeah. like, we've been mixing and matching these players. If the team gets healthy towards the end of the year, the NFL needs to be put on notice. Yeah. And this is your official notice because this team – is talented. Oh yeah, they are six and three, and I don't think I've seen a team struggle with injuries like this because it's not just. I know every team struggles with injuries, but this has been starting left tackle, starting left guard, starting right guard, starting quarterback, two I mean, starting receivers. The Cowboys lost an offensive lineman, yes, and lost three straight games. Yeah, they look terrible. That's just what happens. Yeah, this is why the offensive lineman is the second highest paid position because it matters. Because it matters. And I know Cam Irving can be frustrating, but as far as a backup left tackle, he's doing all right. You know, so he's doing all right. He's doing all right. We get I'm Fisher not, back. I'm not a Cam Irving. Fan, I'm not but. either, but he is filling in admirably. You know, we get Fisher back, we get Wiley back, we get the doctor back. Then that line, you're just starting to go. Ooh. See, and and you're looking at offense. I want to see what this defense looks like when we get Fuller back, Frank Clark back. I want to see what Frank Clark looks like. Yes, because this defense has got a little grit to him uh, now, and I think Frank Clark is going to be like, I want to, I want a little piece of this. And it's really gonna because we have changed our philosophy totally. We are attacking. We're being, you know, the aggressor. We're punching. Basically, we're, yeah. we're throwing out the first punch. Now. Oh yeah. We're we're deferring, you know, so to speak, on the kickoffs. We're like, let's put the defense on the field. Let's yeah. let these get, guys yeah. get amped up now. And so it's good to see once we get the bodies back. Uh, when Frank Clark comes back, a point I want to make is I am okay with not playing him a majority of the snaps. And I know that's going to ruffle some people because he was a, uh, you know. Doesn't it, ruffle me. Because his price tag. But right now, our best defensive line combination is Jones, Nadi, Saunders, and Agba or Okafor. 
And those guys have played tremendous together. So I'm not saying keep Frank Clark off the field and use him just situationally, but use him a little more situationally. Make yeah. the rotation a little more even. Well, and I think he's going to be fresher. Fresher. You know, more it, f- it's okay to be fresh. Yeah. You know, it's. Yeah, I know you're a big-name guy, but it's okay to have well, you in I there. Well, I think we saw that with the running backs. Yes. Damian comes in fresh and just looks good. And we've seen Seattle and Philadelphia do this when they had their huge – like set up a pass rushers, they take one out and then they'll have this guy coming off the bench that would start for every other team in yeah. the league. That's okay. So I'm I'm better with Frank Clark playing like 60% snap share fresh than 80% snap share just because he's really good. Yeah. And I think that could unlock him a little bit, wake yeah. him up a little bit, give him a chance to really get back to just being himself. Yeah. So we'll see going forward. Um, I'm excited about this week. I, I am too. It should be a fun game to watch. I hope so. I hope it's a fun game as far as, like, not close, but fun as in. We're putting up a lot of a points. A lot of points. So, we'll Maybe see. Maybe I'll be back on the 60. Chiefs by, yeah, Chiefs by 60 If we train. win big this week, we can go Chiefs by 60 Chiefs by against 60 the Chargers. against the Chargers. I'm, oh. I'm ready for those Monday days. night Mexico, I'm all for it. But, uh, man, anything else you got? I think I think we about I covered think, it I all. I think that's I think, about it. I think we hit it all. We'll, we'll be back next week. We'll talk, you know, obviously the results of this game. Big game going forward with the Chargers, uh, Monday Night Football in Mexico, barring any unforeseen field issues this year. Yeah, the so, game we thought we were going to have last year. Yeah, we'll, we'll get it this year. Ended up working out, though. Yeah, we'll get it this year. And, uh, you know, you can find us on Spreaker. You can find us on KC Kingdom, Apple, Google, any place you find podcasts. But, you know, we'll see you all next week, and uh, let's go Chiefs. <laughs>